Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You can win or lose your entire day before your eyes even open in the morning. I know that that's a very bold statement, but I'm going to back it up today. And then I'm going to explain to you how to win that battle and how to fix your morning routine from the context of someone who deals with depression and anxiety. Welcome back to the Psychology of Depression and Anxiety. I'm your host, Dr. Scott. As my ultra-ominous introduction alluded to, our topic today is morning routines. Now, I want to make something clear right off the bat. I'm not going to give you a morning routine that's going to make you a successful entrepreneur or some super fit influencer or some other type of like ultimate evolution of humanity. I just want to get you to the point where you do not feel resentful when your eyes open in the morning, okay? That's my goal. I know that a lot of times morning routines are these very, like, optimized, you know, kick the day's butt within two seconds kind of thing. And, and so you might have started to associate the idea of having a morning routine with being that type of person. And I just want to let you know, that's not what today's going to be about, okay? The reason I believe, or I'm just going to say no, from both personal and professional experience, that morning routines are so critical is because if you do not have a morning routine, inevitably, your mornings will fall into one of two categories. And no shame, no judgment. I've had both of these. I've lived both of these routines for quite, quite significant periods of my life. So I'm not saying this to try to make you feel bad about yourself. I'm just trying to highlight why you need a routine. Because if you don't, you're going to end up with one of two types of mornings. Either you're going to wake up at the absolute last second that you need to be awake in order to start getting ready for whatever your obligations or responsibilities are that day, whether that's your work, your school, maybe you come to intensive outpatient treatment with me in the mornings, whatever it is that you do, you've pretty much got it fine-tuned down to like the minute, right? What that means is that the moment your eyes open, you have to go. You have to get up out of bed and whatever your first thing is, you know, jump in the shower or, or whatever it is, it's go, go, go right away. And if you're a person who deals with any kind of depression or anxiety, really probably any type of mental illness, that type of morning is a nightmare. Actually, that type of morning is probably a nightmare for all human beings, regardless of their mental health status. It, it's just miserable. Waking up to stress, to instant stress, is is it's awful. You know, I, I'm kind of running out of uh, adjectives for it, but I don't think I probably need to convince you of that because I'm betting if you're not currently experiencing that type of morning, you probably at least have at some point in your life. And I probably don't have to sell you too hard on the idea that it's terrible. So the second type of morning 
Seems better at first, but it's not. The second type of morning is when you wake up and you do have a decent buffer of time between your actual awakening and your whatever time you need to start getting ready. So you've, you've got some wiggle room in there. But since you don't really have a plan or a routine, what you end up doing is nothing, basically. So, you know, let's say you wake up and you've got an hour before you need to start getting ready. So for that first hour, maybe you lay in bed and just, you know, don't really fall back asleep, but just lay there for 20, 30 minutes. And then maybe you get up and scroll on your phone for another 30 minutes. And then you have to start getting ready really quickly at that point, right? The problem with both of these types of routines is that they are completely dysfunctional from the perspective of your energy curve. I know that probably sounds like some new agey pseudoscience nonsense, but an energy curve is a real psychological phenomenon. So let me briefly sidebar and explain that to you. Everything that you do in a day takes some amount of energy, right? Um, not necessarily physical energy. Some like right now, it, it, you know, speaking, I'm, I'm talking right now, doesn't take a lot of physical energy. This is not a physically demanding task that I'm currently engaging in. But trying to keep all the stuff in my head that I want to make sure I address in this podcast and then communicating it to you all coherently in what basically is one long take, as you may have noticed, is pretty difficult to do, actually. So this is something that uses a lot of energy. Everything you do in your day, almost everything you do in your day, uses a lot of energy. We are, as human beings, we are very momentum-based creatures, meaning we tend to get into habits, we tend to get into patterns, both day by day and, and in more long-term timeframes, and we tend to stick with what we're already doing. What that means is, for most people, the most difficult part of your day is the transitions. When you go from being in a period of your day or engaging in an activity that doesn't require much energy to doing something that takes a bit. These, these big jumps up are what tends to be really difficult for us. And if we're someone who experiences symptoms like anhedonia, fatigue, disrupted sleep, low motivation, uh, disrupted appetite, loss of concentration, poor memory, you know, all these common symptoms of depression and anxiety, those transition periods are our biggest danger zones. Those are the periods of your day when you're most likely to say, I'm not up for it today. You know, I'm gonna stay home today. I'm not gonna go out and do my things today because I don't feel like I can make this leap from like what I'm doing right now to what I'm about to have to do. And so one of the, one of the primary functions, in my opinion, of a healthy and effective morning routine is to smooth out the curve. So that in the morning, you can experience a gradual transition from being asleep and, you know, unconscious and resting to having to work hard rather than either instantly awake and boom, you know, expectations and, and jobs and tasks right away or, you know, doing almost nothing and then instantly still a sharp curve up. It, it, if you were to draw it out, right, if you drew your day as an energy curve, meaning, you know, the higher it is, the more energy this part of my day takes, what you'd want it to look like literally is a slow ascending curve. Because think of it like if you're walking up a mountain, right? Walking up a mountain that's just a steady 20 to 30 degree incline, that's still not easy. That, that still requires quite a bit of effort. But it, it is easier 
than just walking a flat path for a mile and then having to scale a sheer 30 foot cliff, right? And so a lot of us have inadvertently structured our mornings to where we encounter that 30 foot cliff every morning. And if you do that, you are unnecessarily stacking the deck against yourself and making your day so much harder than it needs to be. Starting a task is, is always the hardest part. Once you get there, like there are exceptions to this, but the majority of the time, right? Even if you're dealing with a lot of depression and anxiety, once you get to work, once you get to school, once you get to treatment, once you're actually into the activity, you know, that looked so daunting in the morning, most of the time you're okay, right? Not always, but most of the time it is getting started. That is the hardest part. And so one of the core principles I try to follow in my morning routines is put something right in the morning, right in the very beginning that is enjoyable to me, but is requires a little bit of energy expenditure to just start me climbing that incline nice and easy. Now, at the end of this episode today, I am going to share with you my specific morning routine. I also want you to know it isn't necessarily the right one for you. This is a very personalized and customized process. Um, you may not have the same lifestyle as me. Like I have a Monday through Friday, nine to five-ish job. You may not be employed right now. You might work second shift. You might work weekends. So all the details are going to change, right? I have small kids. You might not. There's all kinds of stuff. So I'm not trying to get you to copy my template. I'm trying to get you to use the framework and the rationale I used to create mine to create yours. Now, if you do happen to have a lifestyle very similar to mine, Feel free to just copy and paste mine and try it out, but I'm not presenting it as if it is the pinnacle of morning routines for all people. So I hope I hope that makes sense to you. So a few core principles that I want you to think about with regards to figuring out the schedule and structure of your morning routine. Don't hate me, but it's really important that you wake up at the same time every day. And when I say every day, friends, I mean every day. I, I mean seven days a week. I mean, I, I mean, on vacation, sounds intense, right? Sounds extreme. Let me explain the rationale for it. There's, there's two reasons I say that. One is universal to all humans, and the second is specific to people who are grappling with mental illness. All human beings have a circadian rhythm, meaning our brain waves. So your brain waves change. They, they widen and kind of slow down when you're starting to rest and then when you're falling asleep, right? And as we talked about before, with regards to momentum, your brain gets into habits in terms of how much energy it has at various times of the day. If you fall asleep and wake up at roughly the same time every day, your brain will quickly develop brainwave habits that help you fall asleep, help you stay asleep, and help you wake up with energy. When you wake up at the same time every day, your brain will make sure that you are waking up from a light stage of sleep. So when you sleep, you if you ever look at like a graph of a sleep study or something like that, you'll see that there are deeper and shallower stages of sleep. When you wake up from a shallow stage of sleep, from light sleep, the transition from being asleep to being awake is a shorter distance to cover. Your brain is already somewhat in an in, in almost awake-like state. And so it's just not that big of a transition and you wake up quicker and you feel better when you wake up. When you wake up, from deep sleep, those are those days when you just cannot get going. When you wake up like not even knowing what day it is or like what's your name, it, those mornings are rough. And I want to help you avoid those mornings if at all possible. Best way to do that is consistency. If you can maintain the same wake time seven days a week, 
within probably a couple of weeks max, your brain will customize your entire circadian rhythm to the schedule that you're on and everything in the morning gets so much easier. So highly, highly recommend that you do that. The other thing is, you know, the actual time that you wake up, other than it being consistent and being congruent with your schedule, it, it doesn't matter. And what I like, what I mean by it doesn't matter is I see all this content on sleep and on morning routines where people are really emphasizing, like I wake up at 4 a.m. or whatever. It, there is no magical right time for you to wake up. I mean, th there might be, but it is specific to your schedule and your lifestyle. There, there's no universal right time is what I should say. People that wake up really early, for some reason, a lot of people are unusually proud of the fact that they wake up early, which is, is kind of illogical. Because if you wake up super early, and I say this as someone who does get up at a time that most people would consider early, I'll get to that pretty soon here. Waking up early just means one of two things. It either means A, you go to bed really early. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. It just means that you go to bed early and wake up early. It doesn't mean you're like tougher than everyone else who sleeps later. It just means you have a different schedule. Or it means that you are sleep deprived. It means you're going to bed at a fairly typical time and just getting up two or three hours before everyone else, which means you're probably getting five or six hours of sleep, which means your brain is not working right. Neither of those are really a thing that a person should be particularly proud about. So all these people that, that wear this early awake time as like a badge of honor on their shirt and on their social media, you know, have skepticism with these people because there's, there's really no logic behind the pride they feel over their wake time. But the first couple hours, they really set the tone for your entire day, right? And so if you wake up, if you have the beginning of your day, that's just fraught with anxiety, and fraught with stress and fraught with hurrying, that tends to be how you feel the entire rest of the day. If you wake up and spend the first hour or two of your day kind of doing nothing, and, and you know, again, no shame, but like being unproductive, it tends to be really hard for you to want to get going and want to do stuff throughout the day. So the way I structure my day, and again, I'm going to tell you the specifics, but but modify this to work for you. The very first thing that I try to do is I try to do something that is a little bit challenging and a little bit engaging, but not, I don't set the bar too high. I can tell you what that is for me. So I wake up at 5 a.m. every day. And that's, and again, I go to bed at like 9.30. So that doesn't make me cool that I wake up at five. I just, I my schedule is set it to bias towards earlier. That's all that means. Okay. The first thing that I do is I get up out of bed. I make this little combo, like I use this coffee flavored protein, mix up a little protein shake. And then I go for about a one to two mile walk. Um, that might sound like it's hard, but it's not, this isn't like an exercise walk. I'm not trying to maintain some certain pace or anything like that. This is more like a leisurely enjoying nature and just letting my brain wake up kind of walk. I've experimented with other activities in the morning and I found that it goes one of two ways. If I don't expect myself to do something right away, I will pretty much just sit there and scroll on my phone. If I expect myself to do something really intense right away, like I've experimented with, you know, as soon as you wake up, start reading a book or start writing your book or start making content for social media or like really exercise, like do weight training or running. And when I expect myself to do something pretty intense right away, I usually end up scrolling on my phone. And so if I set the bar too high or too low, I get the exact same outcome, which is I do nothing. So my response to that has been, let's try to set the bar in the middle. 
you know, try to find something that, that kind of helps you get out of bed and helps you get going, but isn't too difficult. Now, again, asterisks here. A, I really enjoy being outside. B, I really enjoy walking. C, I live in a neighborhood where I can safely do that. So I'm not saying that's exactly what it needs to be for you. But I would recommend that the very first thing you do in your day, like within five, 10 minutes of getting up, does, you know, we want it to slightly increase that energy curve, right? We want it to be something that does help you get up and get going, not so sharply that you wake up and feel like you can't do it. But we also just don't want you flatlining for the first hour of your day either, because that's going to end up with the same problem where you have this dramatic increase in expectation of energy expenditure. And we don't want that either. So after this walk, I get back to my house, I just do this little loop, and then I do some type of workout. Again, I don't consider the walk to be my workout because it's it's a very slow pace. You know, I'm just looking at the trees and listening to the owls and stuff like that. It's not, um, it's not really very physically demanding. It's more for just enjoyment and relaxation. So I do some kind of workout next and I alternate what I do here. I alternate between weight training, cardio and uh, mobility training. So working on my joint, I have a lot of joint stiffness and stuff like that. Again, I used to try to do like two or three different, I'd be like a do mobility, then weight training or do weight training, then cardio. It was too much. You know, I I was setting my sights way too high when I, when I tried that plan and I I would either end up just very half-heartedly doing it or literally doing half of it, or sometimes just not doing it at all. And so I do some kind of rotation, you know, whether that's uh, a week, a month, whatever, I'll stick with the same thing for a while, then I'll rotate to the next. In theory, I'd like to do all of those every day, but it's it, that's not a realistic goal for me. So that's uh, that's probably about 30 minutes or so. From there, my day has a little bit more flexibility built in. So after I finish my workout, I start breakfast. I usually have my laptop in the kitchen. And while I am making breakfast, I will typically either work on my book, work on some social media content, or sometimes read a book. And I will do that until someone else in my family wakes up, which usually happens between, you know, it's, it's probably six o'clock when I start this now, right? Because the first two parts of my morning take about 30 minutes a piece. So it's now 6am at this point. And I'll pretty much do that until somebody in my family wakes up. And then I will spend time with my family until about 30 minutes before when I have to go to work. And that's when I start taking my shower and getting ready. Um, so that's my morning routine. Here's something else I want to emphasize. We're going to go back to that principle of energy curves for a minute. I know that, you know, getting up at a specific time, probably earlier than you're used to, and sticking with that routine is probably going to require you going to bed earlier than you're currently going to bed at. And I know that a lot of people have trouble with the idea of giving up that, that nighttime window, because we all need our, our me time, right? Whether your me time is when you, maybe you read, maybe that's when you do some gaming, maybe that's when you um, work on projects, but this time, right? When kind of it's dark and it's quiet and, and most people are in bed and, and the expectations of the day have kind of faded. And a lot of times for most people, this, you know, nighttime is the first time of your day when you can really focus on you. I mean, you can really turn your energy and your attention inward and be present with yourself for a period of time. We need that. We all need that. And I don't want you to lose that. What I do want you to think about doing 
It's taking that and shifting it to the morning. Because think about that energy curve again, right? If you don't really have a morning routine and it, you know, so you, you, you don't have a lot going on, then demands sharply increase, got to get ready for work or, or whatever. And then you work and then you come home and you relax. My hand is off screen. I know. So just, just visualize it, but you know, you relax for a while when you go to work and you get out of work mode. And then if you, if you kind of do these really engaging, stimulating things at night, you're creating this second curve, which a requires you to get going again. And B requires you to come down from that before you go to sleep. Because it's very, very difficult for us to do high energy, high stimulation, engaging, interesting things, and then just shut that off and go to bed. You're really putting yourself in this sort of tug of war situation where you're simultaneously trying to get tired and trying to get good sleep so that you have energy for the next day and also trying to do a bunch of stuff. And again, even if it's not task, let's say maybe you, maybe you have an hour or two of game time every night. Yeah, that's not like a demanding task from a physical perspective, but it's still very stimulating and still very engaging. So you're sending your brain a mixed message when you do that. You're saying, we're doing this awesome, fun, exciting thing. So stay awake for it and enjoy it. Also, we have to go to bed soon. So calm down. That's a t your, your brain doesn't respond well to mixed messages. Our brains honestly get confused pretty easily and they work best when we can send a consistent message to them, you know, at the same time of day, every day. So if you can take some of what you like to do in those late hours of the day and just shift them to the morning, what you can end up with is just this nice, smooth curve throughout the day where it rises gradually in the morning, peaks around the middle of your day, declines gradually in the evening or, and, you know, evening, you know, if you're a third shifter, evening might be a different time of day for you. Like I, I use these terms flexibly, of course. And then you're nice and calm and quiet and relaxed by the time you have to go to bed. And if you can establish and, and, and maintain a routine like that, I am not kidding when I say this can change your life. This really can change your life because everything branches off of this. Everything we do in a day branches off how we start the day. It is so nice. I cannot even tell you. Again, as a person who's lived... All the different, all the different things I told you not to do, I've done all those things too. So I have a pretty good basis of comparison in my brain here for what all these different morning routines can feel like. It is so nice to, you know, in my case, work, get to work and already be awake and alert, but not stressed out. I cannot emphasize enough to you how much of a difference that makes in a person's life. I have a very demanding job. I have a job that I think would prop, I'm not trying to make myself sound like super awesome or anything, but I think I have the kind of job that could crush a lot of people. Like, like there's not a lot of people who, who could do, I think the schedule that I have, I could not do the schedule that I have without my morning routine. I, there's no way, there's absolutely no way I could do it because when I get to work and I've already been awake for several hours and I'm already, and I've already been working on various things, but I'm not like already buried in stress. I'm just ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get at it. And it, it changed my life. It completely changed my life. I know that some of the strategies that I described today might sound a little bit extreme. And I want you to know that's by design. And this is, you know, if you follow me at all, 
you're going to hear this from me probably almost every time you consume content from me, which is what you're going to hear is if you suffer from a chronic, severe mental health condition of any kind, we focus mostly on mood and anxiety disorders in, in this content, but this would be true for any mental health condition. If you suffer from a chronic, severe mental health condition of any kind, you're going to have to build your entire life around managing those symptoms or, or they'll own you. There's, there's just no way around that. It has to be the focus. Your, your day has to be built around trying to minimize, you know, again, in this case, symptoms of depression and anxiety, this entire morning routine I just described to you, that's what it's for. It's not for getting me ahead in my career or anything like that. It, it does do that, but that's a, that's a side effect. The main thing it's for is making me not hate my life. That's the goal. Um, I, I steal this quote a lot because it's a good quote and I'm, I'm using it in a different context. Dave, I don't know if he made this up, but he's the person I heard it say. Dave Ramsey, the financial guy, right? He often says, if you want to live like nobody else, you have to live like nobody else. Now he's talking about money when he says that. His point is, you know, a lot of people will just spend money somewhat frivolously and then they're constantly stressed about money and they struggle to, to retire, right? So if you want to avoid those pitfalls, you can't try to keep up with their lifestyle, essentially. You, you, you have to have a different relationship with money than they do. The same is also true of your mental health and your life in general. It's, it seems to me from, from the little window into the world that I have that most people are not very happy. That is my anecdotal opinion of society. I, I think most people are not super thrilled or super satisfied with their life. And I also think, and I hope this doesn't sound judgmental, but I also think that most people are not living in a way that would realistically make them happy or satisfied with their life because most people don't take their self-care very seriously. And that may simply be because they don't have that, they don't have access to the information. That's what I'm hoping to change with this, with this content. Most people don't have a great, don't have great sleep hygiene. Most people don't have a great relationship with food. Most people don't have a great relationship with substances. Most people don't uh, take care of their bodies the way that we really like need to, to feel our best. Um, and then most people don't feel very good about their lives. And so if you want to have a different life than the people around you or the people who raised you or the people you see on social media or, you know, whoever you're looking at and saying, like, whoever makes you feel really discouraged about life. You know, if you look at these people and you're like, gosh, what, what's even the point of life if this is where it ends up? Well, then don't do what they're doing. Don't live their life. Do something different. Make your own routine. Make your own life and be more conscious of these things than the average person. If you take better care of your brain than the average person, then you're probably going to enjoy better mental health and better quality of life than the average person. And that, yeah, that means making some sacrifices. That means I don't stay up late, right? That means I don't, I don't go out with friends. I don't, I don't go to the bars. I don't go to, you know, sporting events that go to midnight. And for me, it's a good trade. Do I miss out on something? Sure. But what I don't miss out on is having my brain work right. And I know that at the end of the day, that is what I need the most in my life. I hope that makes sense to you. 
I hope it was helpful. And as always, if there is anything that was unclear or if you have any, any questions or want me to follow up on anything, just let me know in the comments or whatever method you have available to you. Take care and I will see you next time.